Hello and welcome to the Social Review Podcast. I'm your host, Jasper, at Jasper underscore CH on Twitter. Uh, and this is a particularly special episode because it is the first episode of uh, the Social Review Podcast for 2020, uh, for the new decade. It is um, tremendously exciting. Um, and to mark it, uh, I'm joined by uh, Steve Lapsley um, on the National Executive Committee of Open Labour, one of um, Labour's... Um, factions as it were and uh a someone who's been on the podcast before you're on the second episode i believe um so uh welcome back to the podcast thank you so much for coming for coming back i can uh, barely contain my excitement to be back oh goodness me um uh, and the reason uh steve's back on to talk to us is because um the social review is launching a media partnership with open labor for its forthcoming winter conference taking place this sunday uh which is sunday the 26th of january uh, in nottingham uh the social review is going to be tweet live tweeting the event throughout the day uh we're going to do some write-ups of the event and some like um pre and post discussion and that will of course also involve podcasts such as this um so we're going to be talking to steve a little bit about uh the open labor labor winter conference and uh the leadership hustings going along with it so uh most of the leadership candidates will be appearing to take part in the hustings if that's um, if that's correct, as well as the deputy leader candidates as well, um, which is all tremendously exciting. Um, so, uh, Steve, again, thank you very much for coming back. And um, also, as a as a as a co-editor of Open Labour and, and someone who sits on his NEC, um, how do you see the role of Open Labour going forward? Or like, if you if you were to describe what Open Labour stands for to someone who's never heard of the faction before um, and, and is listening to this podcast, how, what, how would you describe, how would you describe that and, 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 its, and its relevance now post, post 2019 election? Um, oh, start me off with an easy question. <laughs> well, I think uh, actually this is a very exciting time for Open Labour because mm. um you know, with with the things that are happening in the party at the moment and uh, a potential change of of leadership, we are, are are looking to all the candidates to kind of grow, get closer to us, and that's because uh, what I believe we represent is a, is a part of the left, and we're very much um, a part of the left of the party, um, which uh, ha, you know advocates a different kind of culture. Uh, so we don't believe in this sort of top down mm. control. Uh, that has sadly been as evident in the last few years, and particularly perhaps the last year, uh, than it was, you know, back in the uh, the Blair years. Um, and uh, you know, we're very much uh, mm. for for much more of an open culture. Uh, we've we've uh, stood before for uh, open selections as far as positioning goes. People would say, uh, and we often get uh, called the 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 soft left. So perhaps positioning around the same place as mm. the Labour uh, Coordinating Committee uh, back in the 80s and people like Tribune before that. So the purposes of the conference is to kind of um, provide an in-person platform for figuring out that um, that those those potential paths forward with, with the leadership candidates. Is that a fair assessment? Uh, well, yeah, since we since we started, we've always had uh, at least once one conference a year. We tried to have mm. two. Um, which will look at policy because uh, because we're soft left, mm. you know. <clears throat> excuse me, where we are <clears throat> seen as policy wonks, mm. uh, and that's what we we like to do. We we like to sort of formulate policy, uh, much of which actually of the of the stuff that we've we've uh, we've 
uh, talked about over the years have, have, have become Labour Party policy. Mm. Um, so, yeah, we like our membership. Uh, we, you know, we're a very democratic uh, organisation, so we like our, our membership to have the ability to sort of come together, uh, think think through things, have, have workshops usually, uh, uh, and, you know, get together and get to know each other as well, because I think that's a very important mm. thing for the uh, Labour Party uh, membership as a whole, to know each other, to know that we're not... Uh, you know that that um, that not all people on one fact side of faction are terrible, and others are, are great. Of Until, course, yeah. You know, yeah. the same as campaigning on the doorsteps. People tend to get to know each other and realise that they're not the evil villains, the evil Blairite mm. or the evil uh, uh, trot <laughs> that, that, that <laughs> folklore perhaps says they are. So we we try to get together um, at least twice a year it just so happens that um we were going to have our conference our winter conference in january anyway this year mm. and then there was a leadership contest called so we've uh we're still going to have um some sort of internal open labor uh mm. stuff thinking about ways forward particularly since the general election but you know we're, we're very pleased to be able to uh put on a, a hustings for leader and deputy as well mm. Mm. yeah yeah it's kind of a i mean uh, no, not not the most ideal circumstances for the Labour Party to have to have a leadership election, of course, um, given the election result. But um, yes, as you said earlier, it's an exciting opportunity to try and chart some kind of new course and to and 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 I do totally agree with you that getting together in person does kind of limit factionalism in a sense. I think I think this this is something I've been thinking about a lot recently is how uh online discourse so mainly discourse on twitter kind of um enables and implicitly promotes a, a, cult, a culture of very extreme factionalism where everyone is sort of against each other and the the just any one off word can set off hours of arguments between people who as you say really do have more more in common than than they don't but but i digress um uh, back I mean, onto I, the... I actually left Twitter six months ago. It's the best thing I've yeah. ever done. I have to say, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it's made me look at the Labour Party completely differently to, to mm. being in that Twitter bubble, which can be sometimes so uh, violent and horrible. Yes, yeah, yeah. And you know, yeah. I, I, one hundred percent agree. I haven't, I haven't left Twitter completely, but I've certainly been taking long breaks, uh, encompassing like several days and. You know, even even when I even when I do do that, and then I come back, I feel like I've missed so much that's happened. I feel there have been all these different debates and arguments, and and then the the, the I mean, I'm I'm getting slightly off topic here, but the, but this taps into uh, some 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 stuff we d we we covered several episodes ago when when we were having tech specials and when we were discussing um uh we were discussing digital democracy and like kind of like um when it's when when one should log off um and whether there's value in following everything minute by minute or whether there's more value in catching up with everything at the end um and i was leaning more towards the you may as well catch up with everything at the end and not have to partake in the hours or days or weeks worth of discourse getting to that place and i think i think taking a break from twitter enables you to appreciate the rest of your life much more um and also still to get get to the same conclusion that everybody else reaches anyway but skip all the skip all the waffle but um but i will digress the fact that there are leadership hustings happening at the same time as part of the um the conference are incredibly exciting so would you be able to tell me um and tell our listeners a little bit more about 
those hustings and what kind of format uh they're gonna they're gonna they're, they're gonna take because um it's, it's sort of a hot issue at the moment with jess phillips writing a um an article in the guardian recently decrying the the later set of leadership hustings over the weekend so so how are those hustings what form are they are they going to take yeah well i was i was quite surprised to see the format of the hustings you know very american presidents with the podiums mm. etc and that's certainly not something that we had uh thought about doing you know what we are uh, i mean it, it's very difficult uh to um have the sort of conversational style where people argue on stage with each other that Jess uh, was sort of, uh, you know, uh, alluding to. Yeah. I don't think that's, that's really, uh, that's really going to be doable, uh, nor do I think it would be particularly good for the party. Mm. Can I ask you that. why? Well, I, I mean, I think there are, there, there are, there are always going to be time limitations. Um, I think that, uh, the, the, also, I, I don't think mm. it will probably do the, the party much good to see five candidates, you know, tearing lumps out of each other on a stage. Um, you know, again, coming back to this idea that we're, mm. we're all sure. we've got far more in common than we have apart. Having having said all that, mm. uh, you know, mm. we we are looking to do something very different, and we you know we, we always envisage doing something very different to what we saw. Uh, the weekend in Liverpool, you know, there will be no podiums for starters. You mm. know, we're talking about sitting, uh, sitting down. We have um, a chair for the leadership, uh, for the leadership in, in Rachel Shabby, who's a, a very highly respected and brilliant Guardian journalist, amongst other uh, publications. Mm. And, you know, soft left hero Stephen Bush doing the deputy leadership hustings. <laughs> we will, uh, you know, we will be giving far longer to each candidate to be able to, to speak on the subjects. It'll still be questions from the audience. Uh, and I think, again, mm. uh, the, the the person, I think, from the Liverpool Echo who ran the, the hustings seemed to want to seem to want to sort of dominate it a little bit. And we, we you know, I, we won't be wanting mm. a chair to do that. We want to hear from the candidates. There will be Excellent. questions from the audience. They will get far longer to uh, to answer them, and we will. We are uh, having a kind of yellow card system, where if one candidate mm-hmm. takes particular umbrage or, or wants to make a point to get something uh, another candidate has said, they will be able to to sort of use a yellow card, and they will be at the chair's discretion. Oh, interesting! Uh, to do that. So wait, so 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 is that the a, a candidate who's been spoken against uses the yellow card, or the chair has? discretion of the yellow card sorry no, the, the, the candidate can use the yellow card uh, okay i see I, there'll be limits to number you know number of times they could use it uh, sure sure because you know there are there are time restrictions but um but i think you know uh, we, we hope for a, a very different kind of feel to mm. to that kind of look forward to the camera uh give your give your uh answer your questions in in i think they had 40 seconds uh, mm. Which is just slogan, you know, it's just uh, putting out slogans. Really, we, you know, they'll have a lot yeah. longer to answer questions. They will have the ability to come back through this uh, yellow card system, and also there's going to be uh, we'll, we'll be giving each candidate some time to make a statement at the start and a closing statement at the end. Mm. That sounds good. And I, so, so is the idea behind the yellow card system kind of tapping into what we were just talking about? Of like, at the end of the day, we have more in common than we don't then what there's more in common there's more that unites us than what divides us kind of thing of like trying to downplay that culture of aggression um is, is that the idea yeah i mean we don't we don't want 
people uh, shouting across the stage at each other. And yeah, think, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I don't think uh, necessarily uh, the leadership candidates would do that. Uh, Maybe one or mm. two on the deputy's side, but uh, uh, we won't <laughs> go into that. Um, but I don't think necessarily that would would happen. But we want we want also to be able, you know, one of the, the criticisms at the weekend, and I think is, you know, we, we've we thought about that was that. Uh, candidates weren't able to come back. They had 40 seconds per question, mm. um, which is really just a, uh, you know, as I say, it's just a way of of being able to sort of belt out your slogans uh, sure. and move on. And it really didn't teach us a great deal about uh, each of the candidates, I think. So this way, we mm. hope that they, there will be a bit more of a conversational style, uh, mm. The ability to sort of come back on on points, although you know there, there will be obviously some have to be some restrictions on that, but also much longer from each candidate to be able to answer uh, each uh, question raised from the audience. Mm. Yeah, I th- I think that sounds fantastic. I mean, like one one of the things which really frustrated frustrated me about the um the TV debates for the for the general election um was how. Except the BBC special where they were, it was very direct um, audience participation. The audience were really taking both Jeremy Corbyn and Boris Johnson um, to task, as well as um, the other leaders who took part as well. Um, they seemed to be formats for leaders to, as you say, spout their slogans. And there was an, an awful lot of engagement. And I didn't watch the hustings over the weekend. Um, but any kind of format which just devolves to that seems absolutely boring boring and completely unhelpful to me so so i, th- I think the, the the format and and the thing which you guys are going for seems much more preferable so on the topic of the leadership contest um you're going to be having the hustings and we are we're not even i was about to say we're halfway through we're not even halfway through the leadership um, <laughs> contest <nowhere near. laughs> we know we know we're not even a third we're not no, even a fit no it's it's, it's be a um, long, until old, uh, yeah a long yeah race. a lot a long slog um which in a way is, which in a way I suppose is, a, in one sense is a good thing, because it allows a substantial period of time in order to, to reflect over the different candidates and for them to properly thrash out their agendas and, and any respective differences. On the other hand, the fact that I said, the fact that I was about to say that we're almost halfway through should should give some indication as to how the race is being perceived in my mind at least <laughs> um <clears throat> yeah but I, what I, I mean I, I, yeah. I hope it gives time for for the candidates to flesh out i mean obviously there, there'll be one or two dropping out uh relatively yes. soon but i hope it gives them time because you know we, we you know we've just suffered the worst electoral defeat we've had since 1935 and this party needs to be able to properly reflect rather than just um you know, people saying, I'm going to vote for this person because it's not Jeremy Corbyn and we need a complete break, or I'm voting mm. for this person because it's a continuity uh, candidate. I think we, we we just need to do better than that. We need to have a proper yeah. reflection of what's gone wrong, what, what's gone right, what we need to look at. Because uh, I'm, I, you know, I'm from the Midlands and we've lost um, h- huge numbers of what, yeah, I'm not particularly keen on the term heartlands, but seats that have voted mm. Labour forever. And they've gone. And those people, uh, we need to uh, work out a way. We need to speak to them again because we're mm. not speaking to them at the moment. Yeah, 100%. And um, 
yeah, even though it does seem like a long time, that that as you say that 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 is more needed. If it was a short, sharp thing, then we wouldn't be having that proper debate, and we'd be setting, you know, we'd be setting ourselves up for going into yet another failure in in a couple of years' time when we have another general election. Um, so as painful as it's going to be, it's going to be a necessary a necessary pain, I think. Um, but what I was going to ask you about the the leadership contest so far is is, is given given that there is so much time left, do you see there to be any kind of capacity for change in how how we're perceiving it at the moment so Keir Starmer remains seemingly the clear front runner based based on um YouGov's extensive polling and the membership um but do, do you think do you think there's any capacity for uh, Lisa Nandy or Rebecca Long Bailey to become well for Lisa Nandy to become a front runner full stop or for Rebecca Long Bailey to 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 cement herself as the front runner what, what do you reckon or do you think it's pretty clear cut in the direction of Keir Starmer and will probably stay that way? Well, I I, I hope not. Mm. Um, I think that you know I think it is clear that uh, Keir Starmer has has sort of uh, is in is, is in the front at the moment. Mm. Uh, but what I don't want it to be, what I really don't want it to become is uh, is uh, um, this kind of uh, continuity. Uh, in in, uh, in quote marks socialist candidate mm. versus um, versus someone who's not that because I think mm. we need to do much better than that as a party. Um, I'd really like to see Lisa and Andy come through. Actually, I think mm. I think it's it's possible. It's a long way to, to go, but we've got a long time um, because you know what what she's trying to do is something different. I I think and and that is to say. You know, these are the reasons we lost. What are we going to do about it? And she started to come out with some uh, good policy ideas. Uh, mm. Whereas all I'm hearing from uh, probably uh, from from Becca Long Bailey and from Keir Starmer is, you know, let's keep going. But I'm uh, I'm going to do it the same way as we've done it, or I'm going to do it but be uh, a uh, man with a nice voice and a nice seat from London. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's interesting, isn't it? I, I I do think the length the length of the contest means that it will inevitably dynamics will inevitably change because I mean the the more time you have, the greater the possibility that things will change. But also, the more time you have, the more restless I think. And this this actually ties back with what we were saying earlier about 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 time and how how we perceive time in relation to twitter um because discourse and discussion in relation to these candidates happens so quickly now that isn't that the the amount of time between now uh, now and the actual election in in the beginning of april um will actually be will actually be kind of extravagant because we're going to be having so many of these so many of these um debates in person online between from, from from between now and then um and that that's that's ample opportunity for for mass mass massive amounts of people to, to sour on Keir Starmer and go for Lisa Nandy or for um or for Rebecca Long Bailey or whatever. So so it seems to be sort of inevitable that Keir Starmer's frontrunner status will end up being more of a curse than a blessing. I mean, I could be wrong. Um, I was completely wrong about the 2019 election <laughs> results, so maybe I'll be wrong. Maybe I'll be wrong about this. Were, were, were you expecting it? Just 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 as a different question, were you expecting Labour to lose or this election? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the um, 2019 election. Yeah, I mean, I'm you not very it? happy to say that I, I was. Yeah. Um, you know, um, my own well, you're right. Was fine, but the, <laughs> yeah. the, you know, we were out uh, doing very uh, doing 
uh, marginals and and uh, seats that we uh, want to take back and the the doorstep was was pretty horrific yeah yeah hiding from it you know yeah and and um we didn't we didn't have the answers Mm. yeah i i mean i i i was predicting some kind of labor minority government upset because of i mean i mean i I was i was barking up the wrong analytical trees at at the end of the day but what i one of the things i wasn't i wasn't doing wasn't doing was listening to canvases like like you just said um some of the other social review writers and editors who who had been canvassing um were saying yeah no this is pretty bad um we're prob- with you know we're gonna get fucked basically and i would say like no 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 come on look at all these look at all this this cause for optimism and, and at the end of the day you you got you guys were right um but uh no, there's but, a lot <laughs> it, i mean you know it's not it, it, it's not great uh i'm yeah. s- still hopeful perhaps Part of me was hopeful. Hope springs eternal until a week before, uh, but uh, yeah. you know nothing was changing in the polls, and the doorstep wasn't getting mm. any better. In two thousand seventeen, yeah. there was a there was a moment where you felt mm. the doorstep had changed. Mm. There was no moment like this in in two thousand nineteen. In fact, it, mm. it just seemed to be getting worse and worse. Mm. Well, it's like you can't have the first impression twice, can you? I think that's the that kind of sums sums up one of the one of the issues. In that 2017 was was that first impression and was um, was a slimmed down version of what was offered in 2019 as well. I think, um, and you know, this, this is something which we which we discussed um, when I sat down with um, uh, Tess um, and the, in our post election special is also on Open Labour's NEC um, to try and diagnose what went wrong. It was we we were discussing how one of the issues was that. Um, the 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 kind of like costings and explanations stayed the same between 2017 and 19 but the number of offerings rose exponentially between 2017 and 19 and i think back i i think a few years ago people could buy that um increasing taxes um on those who earn 80,000 uh, plus um could pay for a couple of nationalizations but when you added in the the number of policies which which were added in 2019 be it um abolishing private schools or a green industrial revolution or whatever um regardless of the merits of those policies um on their own right um the, the, w- w- when you reach that point i suppose the electorate starts to think okay how 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 can this that how can the, how can the same amount of money pay for all, all all way much more stuff now? Um, or at least that's 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 something which we were discussing. At least I don't know if you oh, agree. I, with I that. think there's something in that. I mean, I, I I'm not um, I, I I'm not necessessarily of the opinion that we're in a time when the economy trumps all. You know, is the is the economy stupid? I'm not. I think actually there are different narratives operating. Yeah, I mean, that's important, but there are very different na- uh, narratives operating at the moment, and these are these are sweeping across the world. It's not just in this country, mm. but we are mm. seeing a rise of the populist right, um, and the the, mm. uh, the left and the liberal left really needs to start getting together and finding an answer uh, to, to those mm. um, those narratives because at the moment we're losing badly across the world mm. yes and it's quite um this this is this is yet another thing that i've gotten wrong but i remember holding for quite a while that 
what the world the world wasn't actually seeing a rise in the populist right but rather just a rise of populism which could be embodied in the left or right but what um what what this election results in the continued prevalence of particularly right-wing prominent um right-wing populism um has shown us that i i was i was probably most definitely wrong in, in that analysis and maybe maybe the 2020 election will see some we'll see president bernie sanders or elizabeth warren or, or whoever um and and those fortunes will be reversed again but it, but it does definitely seem like it is the populist right rather than populists um and i do i do i do i do worry about that i'm sure i'm sure you yeah, do as well as i'm sure do all, all all who are listening to this i do worry about the implications for that on on political consensuses um within the united kingdom and i do worry that there will be some kind of new political consensus which is more to the left economically and you know winning the argument as it, as it were um but much more to the right on on cultural issues and and uh sacrificing um minority rights uh which yes. we fought so hard to achieve and and you know just just as worrying perhaps is the fact that um this sort of left populism which which does the same thing is is now mm. emerging yeah yeah and and you know i i i think i think that's why this leadership election is really important because what i what i really don't want labor to do it to do is 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 revert to that is 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 maintain um being economically left wing but then say um but also we're we're not going to try and protect migrants rights or um um do much about anti-semitism or do much about trans rights or anything like that and and just throw throw those all to the wind and decide they need to be more blue labor-esque i suppose in terms of the cultural diagnosis no I, you know the left still has an enormously powerful message to sell yeah uh, we've exactly. just got to get the right package for it yeah i i remember hearing hearing an analogy to the extent of like you can like you can like individual meals and foods on a restaurant menu but if you take a look in the restaurant and the lights falling down and it looks a bit dank you know you're not going to want you're not going to want to go in right and i suppose that i suppose that kind of works broadly for um uh, as an analogy for 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 labor and, and why voters didn't choose labor back on to the topic of open labor for the very end um it's this sunday um correct sunday the 26th of january in uh nottingham east is it nottingham trent university right it's at Nottingham Trent University, yes. You're giving the closing remarks as well, which is very exciting, correct? I am, and uh, you know, also we'll have uh, Nadia Whittam there, who's um, the the the, um, the new MP for Nottingham East um, and uh, an Open Labour member. So um, mm. really looking forward. To, I mean, you know, uh, obviously I, I work closely with Nadia during the during the election because I live here too. Uh, so I know her well, but mm. I think it's a, a great opportunity to come and hear Nadia speak. Mm. I think she's making a great um, splash, um, you know, being the youngest member of the House. She's getting a lot of attention, but I think she's got some really interesting things to say. Mm. Uh, Alex Sobel, who's our parliamentary uh, officer for Open Labour, also will be speaking, uh, as well as all the, the leadership candidates. So I think, you know, mm. all in all, uh, it's it, it will be a really interesting day. A really interesting day, a really revealing day um, for this uh, seemingly much better format for, for leadership hustings. And um, yeah, fantastic to hear um, both Alex and um, Nadia be able to speak. Nadia um, wrote for the Social Review, in fact, um, last summer, I believe, um, and 
uh, Alex Sobel has been on the podcast a couple of times. Um, he was absolutely terrible. Listeners, you may have heard terrible. him in last last month's Christmas special. He, he was awful. <laughs> his acting ability, I must Bless say, him. needs to be called out by every man of beast. <laughs> Maybe maybe that can be a conversation topic on a on Sunday. Uh, mass <laughs> yeah. mass playings of the Social Review Christmas Carol. Goodness me, I'm not sure. I'm not sure anybody's acting ability was really illuminated. Well, not even mine, and I act quite regularly. <laughs> <laughs> oh dearie me, but um, but yeah, it sounds incredibly fascinating. Um, where can people? How can people attend? Where can people get tickets? Well, there how is much a, tickets? Come, come along to the Open Labour Facebook page or Open Labour Twitter. There will be a link there to the Eventbrite uh, or yeah, the, the Open Labour website. You can find tickets across all of those. Uh, across all of those. Amazing. And join Open Labour if you haven't already. Oh. Absolutely. The option is there to join Open Labour. I'm not sure what else well, the message from this ticket. podcast would be if it weren't join Open Labour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. thus concludes another episode of the social review podcast thank you so much for listening and thank you so much to steve lapsley for coming on again uh, and talking to us about uh, open labor's winter conference which is happening uh, tomorrow as of upload time tomorrow sunday january 26th incredibly exciting we'll have a link to the tickets uh, where you can buy tickets in the in the description um, and on the article on the website uh, so go and get tickets and head up to nottingham uh, if you're not already uh, to watch those really cool sounding leadership hustings and to also say hello to the social review i will sadly not be there myself um but a bunch of uh team members will be around uh, so do come and say hello if you're a fan of the site uh, you can follow along on twitter um at sock review although let's face it you're probably following us on twitter anyway um uh, to uh, read more of our live tweeting about what's going to be going on at the conference uh, we'll have coverage going up on the website and there will probably be another podcast uh, coming out after it you may have noticed that it's a slightly less regular upload schedule for the Social Review podcast um, after Christmas, but rest assured, it's not going away. We have been planning some really fantastic episodes and interviews to come up over the next couple of months. And uh, yeah, so 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 do not worry or do not celebrate. Um, the podcast is here to stay. Thanks ever so much again and have a good rest of your day. Goodbye. Goodbye.